0: to mini episode 179 of real life ghost stories and i have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from april the 7th 2022 and story number one comes from rachel i should preface this by saying that i've always seen and felt things my oldest sister who is into astrology thinks that i'm psychic and says that my chart backs that opinion up ever since i was little i felt weird about my parents room When I was little and felt sick or had a bad dream, I'd go to my parents' room to sleep with them. My dad also used to hunt a lot and when he was gone I'd sleep in bed with my mom. You'd imagine that being in my parents' room I'd feel safe and comfortable but I felt like I was being watched. I'd sleep on the side of the bed by the entrance to their bedroom and was terrified that someone was staring back at me through the darkness. I also grew up as a dancer. I'd practice or make up dances in our living room. It's important to note that our living room is in the front of the house next to the stairs and you can see the hallway to all of the bedrooms. My parents' bedroom was at the very end of the hall. Every time I would do this, I felt like someone was watching me from the door of their bedroom. I never could shake this feeling. I used to sleep at the opposite end of the hall from my parents' bedroom, but once one of my older sisters moved out, I got to move into her old bedroom. The bedroom was next to my parents' bedroom. It never felt fully comfortable and every time I went to bed I felt like I was sleeping in a coffin with someone in the room with me. This is now probably a good time to tell you that I never told my family on account that they might think I was crazy. Ever since I can remember in front of my sister's old bedroom, then my bedroom, I could see the outline of a noose. It's not fully there but it's like where the shape of the noose is, it's blurred. Mind you, this is where it starts to feel like someone is watching me in this spot in the hallway. Weird things happen in that hallway. I'll drop a sock, turn around to grab it and it's just gone. I've also heard a woman's voice when I was at home alone with no TVs or radio on. There must be something so frustrating about that feeling of being watched because it's not something that you can really evidence. You know, it's just a palpable feeling. But you can't say to somebody did you see that or did you hear that with a feeling of being watched so you're just sort of stuck with it which must be really really frustrating i can't think of a time when i really felt that feeling of being watched and not being able to understand why or feeling really uncomfortable with it and seeing the shape of a noose must be a pretty harrowing experience in general never mind when you know that it's not really there so all in all it sounds like a pretty shit experience all round. And I'd find it very annoying if I dropped something and turned around and it was gone. i lose things all the time already. I don't need the paranormal people coming and sticking their little hands in and moving things around when, really, your sock is none of their business. And story number two comes from Amanda. During my 30-year-old life, I've had some strange encounters. But I still consider myself a sceptic, I think. I am however a firm believer in energies, how they can linger. I read somewhere that energy cannot be destroyed only converted, and with that in mind it feels only natural that some places can emit different kinds of energy. In that manner I guess that I'm pretty sensitive. If I walk into a room I can instantly feel if the people inside the room have been fighting, which I guess is pretty common. In the same way, some buildings, houses, apartments, etc. can cause me to feel strange or uneasy. I've moved around and lived in different countries and cities and travelled a lot. And when I choose a new place to live, I tend to tune into my feelings to make sure I don't stay somewhere that makes me feel uneasy for a longer time as I feel like that might be too draining and bad for my mental health. This story takes place when I had just moved to Malta. I stayed with my friend and her boyfriend in their apartment while I was looking for work and a new place to live. I had found work, but not a place to live, when they told me their parents were visiting for a week. I then decided to stay at a hotel to give their parents my room and all of them some privacy. As I was saving money to be sure I had a deposit when I did find an apartment, I decided to stay at the cheapest hotel in the area. As the hotel was cheap I didn't have very high expectations as I walked in. The hotel itself looked a bit old and worn out, but the people working were nice. I was shown to my room, the cheapest one they had, and immediately felt a sense of unease as I walked in. This room was, however, pretty shitty, a small boxy TV dim lighting due to a small window with the beautiful view of a dirty brick wall a small uncomfortable bed and the cleaning was, well, let's just say it was not superb. So I just assumed that my sense of unease was due to this, that I would have to stay in a small dirty room for a week. The unease didn't disappear, however. I just kept feeling like I was being watched. My first evening there, I felt very sad and stressed. It didn't feel that my sadness was matching the situation, it felt out of proportion. To cure this state I went out with some work colleagues and didn't come back until late at night. The day after I was working, note that I was in my twenties so working after a night out wasn't that uncommon for me, if I did it now I would surely die. As I put on some makeup and got dressed I still had that feeling of being watched. After work I picked up some food and went back to the hotel. I decided to go to sleep as early as possible as there was nothing much to do anyways. I had difficulty sleeping however so I watched movies until around 1am while trying to ignore that uneasy feeling of being watched. Finally, I started feeling tired, so I turned off the light and closed my eyes. I hadn't gone to sleep yet, and was lying stomach down when suddenly I felt someone lay down on top of me. It wasn't a pressure all over my body at once. Instead, I felt how someone was putting their knees on either side of my thighs. Thereafter, the arms on either side of me And finally, the full body weight was lowered down on me. I heard and felt someone breathing in my ear in a way I can't describe as anything but excited. I first panicked and tried not to breathe. Maybe if I pretended I was asleep it would go away? Smart move, really. My thoughts were spinning and I decided that I must reach and turn on the lights and then scream as loud as I can. After all, I'm staying in a hotel so I have lots of neighbours who can help me. Better move. As I reached for the light I could feel the weight on top of me shift slightly, and then I heard laughter close to my left ear. The laughter of a little girl. The laugh sounded mischievous like she was having fun when she scared the living hell out of me. It also sounded a bit muffled, as if it came from behind a veil. This all happened in a few seconds and as soon as I turned on the lights the laughter stopped and the weight was lifted off me, now all at once. I remember this so vividly. I didn't sleep at all that night just sat in bed with all the lights on back pressed up against the wall. I finally went to work early and then only came back to pack up my things. I stayed at my colleagues place instead. I tried to explain it away maybe sleep paralysis. I haven't had it before or since though. And also aren't you supposed to be paralysed as the name implies. I could move and I did move as I turned on the light. What happened to me in that hotel? First of all, I just want to say that I appreciate the recognition that in your 20s, you're pretty much invincible, you know. You can go out, go to work the next morning and live life fast with lots of alcohol, etc. involved. And then once you hit your 30s, you lose the ability to do that. If I went out drinking now, the hangover would surely kill me. It would surely kill me. I would just die. It's true. I agree on that front. I would just die. And I don't know what happened to you in that hotel. And I've stayed in some pretty rough and ready hotels. I remember staying in a hotel in Norway many years ago. And the most defining feature of all of the reviews was the sheer amount of bedbugs in that hotel. And you know what? There is nothing quite like walking into a hotel room and realizing that it's dirty. But it doesn't necessarily give you that uneasy being watched feeling. So I don't know what happened to you. Maybe sleep paralysis. I'd hate to definitively say that something is or isn't sleep paralysis because I've never experienced sleep paralysis thankfully touch wood I don't ever want to experience it but also there is no linear experience of sleep paralysis so you can't really definitively say from an external perspective just from reading a story whether something is or isn't sleep paralysis but it sounds pretty freaky either way. And story number three comes from Stephanie. My maternal grandmother and I believe the theory that you have talked about on your show, that your connection to seeing spirits is at its strongest when you are an adolescent or a teenager. When there's lots of changes your brain chemistry goes through during this time in your life, and then as you grow older, you can still sense spiritual beings but the connection grows weaker naturally, unless you remain a sensitive. I'm going to tell these next stories in a linear fashion according to the timeline that they happened in, and how we noticed a pattern of possible supernatural behaviour following my family. The first story belongs to my mother before I was born and it's the whole reason I got into discussing ghosts and haunted houses with people. My parents were newly married and had gotten an old farmhouse for cheap that rested on a retired orchard my dad had planned on opening again since the trees were still good. One afternoon, my mother had gotten my older brother, who was a newborn at this time, to finally fall asleep. They were both napping on the couch when my mother woke up to hear the sounds of heavy working boots walking around in the front entryway of the house and then start heading up the creaky carpeted stairs. Her initial thought was wondering why my father was home from his construction job so early in the day and got up carefully to inspect without risking waking up my brother. She walked into the front room and looked out the window to see that my dad's truck was not in the driveway. She saw, on the steps leading upstairs, however, that there were muddy boot prints. Initially, my mother thought there was someone in the house. She continued to hear footsteps upstairs when she turned around to look up through the opening between the railings and the landing onto the second floor. She saw no one through the spindles for the stairs in the hallway where she heard the constant footsteps. So where she heard the sound coming from, there was no one standing there. This freaked her out beyond belief, and she grabbed my brother and her purse and scribbled a note to my father saying there was something in the house, and that she went to her mother's. My dad came home hours later and found this note and went through the whole house with his hunting gun. He found no evidence of a break-in and told my mom she was crazy for thinking ghosts were real. My mother refused to live there and made my dad sell the house and the orchard. Then they were gifted a different house shortly after from my mother's stepfather. I knew something was off the moment we moved into this new house in 2007. My parents had gotten a divorce at this point and my mom had gotten remarried to my then stepfather who was a dick. We all moved into this 100 year old house near a lake in my hometown in Wisconsin. My older brother and I's bedrooms were on the 2nd floor, that also had a full bathroom that we shared. The upstairs was essentially a backwards capital letter J, where the top of the J was the landing with 3 doors to our bedrooms and the bathroom. The bottom of the J was the hallway that curved around a wall to either go downstairs to the main part of the house or go out onto the sketchy balcony which stretched across to also be outside my bedroom window. The downstairs of the house is where we all spent most of our time. It was also where my mom and my baby sister's rooms were. My younger sister was one and a half years old at the time and the absolute light of my life. She still is but now she's an annoying teenager. When we moved in I got bad vibes from the place. Unfortunately as a 12 year old girl I didn't get much say in the matter of where we lived since my brother and I spent 50% of our time living with my mom and 50% of the time with my dad. Initially I got the bad vibes from the basement, which was next to the back door where you entered through the kitchen. There was a corner of the basement that was finished off and that's where my brother would hang out with all of his gaming consoles. That's also where the laundry was, so you couldn't avoid going down there for long. However, behind the basement steps was a storage room with a heavy dungeon style wooden door Inside, the only light was one hanging light bulb with a pull cord in the middle of the room. To turn it on, you had to walk into the darkness and feel around for the hanging string. On top of that, the heavy door wouldn't stay open unless someone was there to hold it. When I had sleepovers, my friends and I would dare each other to go into the creepy room. Being the horrible little girls we were, we would slam the door closed on each other when it was my turn to be locked in by my friends. I was laughing along and reaching out for the lights string when I swear on my life I felt something light and soft push my hand away. I nearly died of fear and began screaming my head off. My friends hearing the difference in my tone panicked and ran away instead of helping me get out. I gave up on finding the light and went into hulk mode where I pushed the door open as hard as I could. so hard. That the door became permanently wedged open. With the door permanently open I couldn't even bring myself to go down to do my laundry by myself after that because I would always feel something watching me from that dark corner under the stairs. After two years of marriage my dickhead of a stepfather and my mother were getting a divorce due to him going off his bipolar medication and becoming abusive. He didn't take it well and was staying with his friends our next-door neighbours. For safety My mom, my siblings and I were moving out of that house to get away from him. On the last night before the big moving day, everything was in boxes and everyone else in the house was sleeping. I was reading a book in bed when I heard someone moving around downstairs. The house was old, so when someone walked around, you could essentially hear where they were from anywhere in the house. My little sister had just turned two and had recently started ninjaing out of her crib and would go out into the living room to play when she should have been sleeping. I listened for a bit to see if I could hear the sound of one of her toys going off, but all I heard were footsteps. I heard them get closer to the bottom of the steps and then realised they sounded too heavy to be a toddler's. They didn't sound like my mother and were too heavy to be my brother, who was at a sleepover the night before moving like an asshole. I began to get scared that my stepfather had come into the house. But what could I do as a small 12 year old girl? I didn't have a cell phone and the rarely used landline was downstairs. I sat and listened as I heard the footsteps slowly come to the bottom of the stairs and eventually start to ascend the steps, each step giving its telltale squeak one would learn over time. Now you might think that it was just the house settling and sometimes you can hear steps creak in the night. No. I heard all 14 creaks of all 14 steps to get to the second floor. Then I heard the softer creaks and treads of someone coming around the bottom of the J and down the hallway as if trying to be quiet. My adrenaline was pumping as I was scared that my stepfather had broken in and was coming to hurt me. Finally the sounds stopped as it came to the landing at the top of the letter J between the two bedrooms and the bathroom. My room was the closest to the hallway and the only door that was closed, so it was obvious that it was the only room that was occupied. I was no longer laying down, but was now on my knees sitting on my bed backed up against the wall that had a window looking out onto the sketchy balcony. The light coming through the window at my back was illuminating my room almost completely, hence why I was able to read in bed so clearly. I wanted to be brave, and protect myself from this dickhead, so I called out, Get the fuck out and leave us alone, this isn't your house anymore. This apparently was the wrong thing to say. Because then my door slammed open, leaving a dent in the wall. I don't know which would be worse, but to my absolute horror, there was no one standing in the doorway, just darkness. The same darkness I sensed in the basement. I couldn't even scream as fight or flight kicked in. I spun around so fast and opened up my window and jumped out of it onto the sketchy deck. Still filled with adrenaline and sensing it behind me, I ran across it and hopped over the railing and onto the roof of the house. I ran down to the edge still barefoot and took only a moment to look down and see the picnic table below me before leaping from the roof onto it and then onto the ground. I didn't look back as I ran around the house out to the middle of the street and stood there. I was panting next to a streetlight and slowly digesting what had just happened and that I had just jumped off a second story roof and came out unharmed. I then noticed next door, where my stepfather was supposed to be, and saw that his truck wasn't parked there, so he wasn't even around to have broken in. I was 100% content to sit outside until the sun came back up when I remembered that my little sister was inside. I was also pretty sure that i just locked myself out i made the decision that i had to get back inside to make sure that she was okay and that nothing had happened to her the front door was locked so i tried the back door which was weirdly unlocked but i hated using this entrance since it was right next to the basement door that led down to the scary storage room i took a deep breath and pushed the door open to be met with the darkness of the house as well as the darkness of the basement door being wide the fuck open. When you have a two year old running around, you don't leave the basement doors open for them to tumble down, so it was significant that it was wide open. I almost turned back around, but instead ran further into the house like the dumb girl in horror movies who definitely dies. I ran all the way over to my sister's door when I stopped and then slowly and quietly went in and saw her sleeping peacefully. I slept in the rocking chair next to her crib the rest of the night. For years after this incident I couldn't sleep well or at all at night no matter which house we lived in. I would end up camped out in the living room watching late night tv until 3am before passing out from exhaustion. While growing up my mom always moved around a lot, like once every other year, a trait I unfortunately picked up. I spent my first two years of college at a local technical college where I lived with my grandparents in their partially finished and yet creepy basement. I could tell you stories about the many times I heard footsteps scraping against the cement floors of their basement outside of my non-locking folding door. Especially during the winters, when my snowbird grandparents would be in Florida. But that's basically the whole story right there. I eventually transferred to a university in a different city two hours away. My first year at university, my roommates and I got along great. When it came time to start studying for final exams, we all started noticing little things around the apartment but chalked it up to the high amounts of stress that we were all under. Little things like the fuse box in the hallway would sometimes be open when it had no need to be. It was also extremely difficult to open in the first place. Cupboards in the kitchen would be left ajar when we thought we had closed them. Bathroom exhaust fans would be turned on in the morning when we all remembered turning them off the night before. On the morning of my last exam, I was sitting on my bed doing some last-minute studying when my roommate called out to me. Did you forget to close the refrigerator door? I jokingly called back, no, it must be a ghost. As if summoned on the other side of my room from where I sat on my bed, all the papers flew off my desk and flurried up into the air. I had no fan on and no window open. I noped out of my bedroom and ran into the living room and explained in a panic to my roommates what had happened. They looked at me like I was crazy. So I went to campus for my exam a few hours early since I did not want to be there. While I utilized my adrenaline on my exams, one of my roommates cleansed the house just to be sure and the activity died down immediately. I got a job my second year at university at a local Dave and Buster's type bar and grill with games and a laser tag arena. This is where I met my then boyfriend amongst the group of employees who all hated our jobs, but we hated it together. We created a little friend group. Usually we would all just hang out at someone's apartment and drink and play video games or just talk. But on a particularly dark night close to Halloween, we thought it would be funny to break into where we worked. The closing manager was part of our friend group and had the keys and go into the laser tag arena and try and talk to ghosts. I never got the vibe that it was haunted but we were young and dumb and wanted something new and exciting to do. I drove my boyfriend and I to this space and when we entered we found everyone sitting in the middle of the black light lit arena around a Ouija board. I was very vocal about not wanting to participate and begged them not to. They all very plainly told me to fuck off and proceeded to set up the game, as well as one of those spirit voice boxes that puts out white noise and picks up spirit voices. I told my boyfriend that if he does participate, that at the end of the round you need to close the session. We started casually drinking and I loosened up. My boyfriend and a few of the guys played with the board while the rest of us were standing nearby with the spirit box. We started fucking around asking questions when one of my friends asked, How many people are here? There were six people from our friend group currently there. A voice came through the spirit box saying, Eight. I almost shit my pants and told my boyfriend that was enough, and he laughed, thinking I was acting the part and just messing around. Do you want to hurt us? One of my friends called out, getting a kick out of my uneasy behaviour. The Ouija board piece moved to say no, but the spirit box said, Yes. That silenced all of my friends and the room got colder as I finally asked out loud, Who wants to hurt us? After a long moment, a female voice came through the spirit box responding, He does. I tried grabbing my boyfriend to nope the fuck out of there when someone else asked, Who does he want to hurt? The Ouija board started spelling out S. Before I could spell any more, my boyfriend flipped the board after being freaked out at it possibly spelling my name since I was the only one there with a name that started with the letter S. He didn't close the session and I freaked out. I made him flip the board back over and close the session before we all collectively agreed to call it a night. That was our first fight as a couple. My boyfriend and I graduated and eventually got better jobs in a different city and decided it was time to get our own place. One night however after having a particularly bad fight before going to bed. We woke up to the sound of things moving around in our apartment. Paper shuffling and plastic bags being picked up and set back down were coming from what sounded like the kitchen. We froze in bed staring at each other waiting to see if the sound would continue. Sadly it did and my boyfriend got up and took the hunting knife he had and motioned for me to get ready to call the police. He whispered that if there was someone in our apartment that I should go out the bedroom window onto our second story balcony and jump down to get out. Sounds familiar, I know. I thought I heard footsteps coming towards the bedroom door when my boyfriend whipped the door open. There was no one there. Just our dark apartment. I got those same bad vibes from years of this type of thing happening. We turned the lights on to find our trash can knocked over. I was both terrified and relieved. We weren't getting robbed, but it felt like the shadow had followed me again. After that night, I would try and spend as little time as possible in the apartment. Then quarantine happened, and I was forced to work from home. During the day, when I was by myself, I could feel something watching me. I noped out of there, and that relationship, and I've since moved. I've since lived with different friends and noticed a trend: since living with people who have cats, I've not had a supernatural encounter. I believe that it's due to the belief that cats act like crystals and cleanse the spaces they inhabit. There have been times where a particular room would start to feel off then the cats would spend the entire day in there sleeping or walking around and then the bad vibes are gone. So either cats are magic or they just make me happy and I don't notice the bad vibes as much. Last night I was in bed and heard a banging downstairs, usually when there is a noise I look at the animals and if they don't react, I don't react. This time, however, both cats were sitting upright, staring at my bedroom door down the stairs towards the front door. Fuck. It sounded like someone was on the three-season porch banging on the front door. It was 10.30pm on a Monday night, so I wasn't expecting anyone. I grabbed my wooden bat and led the cats down the stairs towards the windows to look out to figure out who was banging on the door. I didn't see anyone on the porch from my vantage point so I turned on the outside light and opened the door cautiously. There was no one but the darkness and I felt some bad and scary vibes. I closed the door quickly and checked all the windows and doors to make sure they were locked. The cats and I then set up my crystals to protect us from negative energy and kept my bat close by to protect us from possible ding dong ditchers. Another update. I heard the banging sounds again last night. I was lying in bed after kicking the cats out of my room for growling at each other when one was on my bed and one was in the doorway. I heard a few bangs from downstairs and assumed it was them. After a few moments I then heard a shh. I sat up in bed and grabbed my bat. Before I could get out of bed I then heard someone blow a raspberry. I don't know how else to describe the sound. I jumped out of bed and turned on the stairway light and called out to my roommate hoping she was home. I checked the entire house and no one was there, even in the scary ass basement. Just me and the cats waiting for my roommate to come home from our night shift. I sincerely want to hope it was just the cats play fighting with each other and the sound of their hisses got distorted while echoing upstairs. Definitely the sounds of cats fighting, even if they're play fighting, can be... A very strange sound so let's just assume that it wasn't a ghost blowing a raspberry which I love that phrase by the way blowing a raspberry but it wasn't a ghost blowing a raspberry but rather was your cats blowing raspberries I wonder where your cats trying to freak you out because you'd kick them out of the room you know we all know that cats are petty they are definitely petty I think it's absolutely incredible what fight or flight can make you do and make you do safely So listening to that part of the story where you heard the footsteps and understandably were terrified that it was the very real life stepfather coming into the house and then the door flew open, there was nothing there and your fight or flight kicked in, right? As it generally would for most people. But your fight or flight was obviously flight and the extreme version of flight. Imagine like you managed to get out a window onto a balcony, run the length of the balcony and then jump down onto a picnic table below. And not injure yourself. If it wasn't for fight or flight and adrenaline, you definitely would have injured yourself doing that. Because if you tried to do that on a normal day, you would have injured yourself. And people do say that thing about like mothers being able to lift cars off babies or fathers being able to lift cars off babies when the children are in trouble. You know, that kind of adrenaline does weird things to your body and makes you do strange things. That is like one of the best examples of that that I've heard in a long time. And it seems like this idea of potentially jumping out the window away from the paranormal has um, followed you in life so that's a weird one thank you so much for listening to today's stories thank you to Rachel Amanda and Stephanie for sending in your stories remember the last story came from April the 7th 2022 just a little reminder if you haven't already voted for Real Life Ghost Stories in the Irish Podcast Awards Listener's Choice Award please 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 consider doing so if you just google Irish Podcast Award Listener's Choice it will come up but the link will also be in the description of this episode if you would like to learn anything about real life ghost stories you can do so by checking out real life ghost stories podcast.com you can also sign up to our patreon patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to loads of extra content and also every main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note i shall see you next time